You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Adwood Duck. Murps. Hello. Did we do this last week? We didn't do it last week, right? We did not do it last week. It was canceled uh, because of the Super Bowl. Right. Right, yeah. there was that, there was and, that. And we didn't have our, our scores ready yet for Sunday. Because they released cards like on Sunday, okay? So it wasn't entirely our fault. Right. Uh, but we got them released by like Monday, and then I tweeted it out. It was out there. We didn't make a big fuss about it or anything. It's a mini set. It's not a complicated mini set. And um, I'll just put it out there right now to, dis- to spoil, uh, get rid of any suspense. We were right about every card except maybe two. And we will talk about those two cards afterwards. That's that's my opinion based on playing the game and seeing the stats right now. Um, and of the two, I think we're only wrong about one of them. Because I remathed everything that was like borderline. And one of them, like, the math was just wrong. Like, I messed up. I don't know what happened. Um, but anyway. Let's uh, let's talk about card. Let's talk about new mini set cards later. The new mini set being Return to Nectramus, which it feels like we should talk about. But really, the big deal right now is not that there are these new cards in the arena. In fact, the new cards weren't even in the arena for like the first few days. They had to like patch them in because there was some bug or whatever. Um, but the big news is that standard meta has finally arrived. Right? We've been waiting for the standard meta since March of the Lich King has come out. This is the first time anybody has played against or with Death Knight in a standard meta. So that is the huge news. And it is entirely different than anything you've played before since before Murder came out. So you have been in a non-standard wild meta now for like six months. And if you've been playing consistently... And you're like, what the hell's going on now? That that's why. Yeah. All right. So that means uh, power level has has gone up just a little bit. If you've been playing, I mean, I haven't, but I've been watching other people play, and uh, you will notice the power level is pretty high these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the power level is pretty insane these days. Um, if you are and and if you look at um, the the overall like win rates, so we'll just do a really quick class win rate thing. This doesn't really matter that much, but basically everything's good. Your highest win rate class is mage. It's at fifty three point eight percent. That's about as good as you can, you can get with your highest class. Your lowest class is demon hunter at thirty seven point eight percent, but uh, the second lowest is warlock at forty three point six percent. Which is like borderline playable, and your third to the bottom is Warrior at 45.3%, which is like actually playable. It's not good, but it's actually playable. So, without them doing much on the offering rate side, things, uh, they look kind of good, right? Like, they're the class class win rate wise, they're, they're pretty much fine. So, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but we don't have a problem there. Where we do have a problem, or not a problem, depending on how you want to look at it, is just the fact that it's a standard meta, right? It's an unadjusted, more or less unadjusted. We'll go over what adjustments they made later. It's an almost unadjusted standard meta. Um, so, so because it's an unadjusted standard meta, your top neutral cards are the following. These are the neutral cards uh, by win rate that are not uh, not legendaries. It is school teacher, 
which is a 4 mana 4-4 four, four now. Not 5-4, but still absolutely ridiculous. This is at a 57.6% win rate. You still have your Hogstrider Rancher. Those are both epic cards, though, right? Like, eh, you know, Hogstrider Rancher was in the last meta. Uh, they're epic cards. They're almost legendary. It's kind of whatever in terms of impact in the game overall, even though when you face any of them, it's usually GG. Um, they, they're coming up at higher win rate than Queen Ashara and, like, Alex Straza, to give you an idea of their power level. Um, but after that is Mothership. Mothership is back. No one's happy about it. In fact, people were so unhappy about it. And I mean by people, I mean the Blizz developers. The dev team was so unhappy about it. Mothership got nerfed like three days in without me even specifically complaining about it. I don't know if other people were specifically complaining about Mothership, but I don't think so. I think these like... So they put a round of hotfixes, which we'll talk about. But like Mothership already got nerfed in terms of win rate. But Mothership is back. Uh, I mean in terms of offering rate. But Mothership is back. Uh, Venomous Scorpid, Nerubian Vizier have identical win rates right now, uh, and they are both at 57%. Um, and those are just, these are just absurdly, they're around Mothership win rates. Like, absurdly high win rates for, uh, for common cards. And then you go down a bit, and you have, uh, I'm gonna skip one and I'll get back to it later, but you have Night Captain, another one that got hit, uh, with the offering rate reduction, but... If you were playing the uh, first few days after release, Night Captains were everywhere. And remember, they nerfed Night Captain finally, right before they took him completely out of the meta and never looked at him again. So he came back unnerfed, and then he got nerfed because everybody thought that it was uh, it was it was a little too much for a common card to be to be at Night Captain levels. Uh, and then after that is Pandaren Importer, um, and then below Pandaren Importer, you just have cards that are like. Yeah, you know, I don't know that this is necessarily a problem. So Pandaren Importer is at 56.4%. I have a line drawn at 56.25%. So Pandaren Importer is like almost okay. This is for common neutrals. Um, Baba Naga is like a tiny bit above this line right now, performing-wise. It was below this line when I checked two hours ago. So, you know, just a powerful card that's in the meta a lot. Um, but, you know, you probably wouldn't nerf it. Uh, Ram Commander, 56.3%. That's usually our line, Ram Commander, back when he was in the meta a lot. Of like, hey, I guess this card should exist in the arena. But, like, it's super, super powerful. Um, Reef Walker, same deal, 56.2%. Silver Moon Sentinels, 56.1%. Um, and that really starts uh, the Silver Moon Sentinel being one of the top cards from the prior meta. Um, so yeah, so that's what you're looking at in terms of the neutral set. Um, now, you may not be as concerned about the neutral set if you actually played in this arena. Because the standard meta is all about these ridiculous class cards that come over the top and destroy any semblance of what has happened before in this game, right? Like, it feels like you play the game... And then at a certain point, they play either one card, or they combo two cards together, and then you had a board, and now you don't have a board, and they have a board. As in, you had like, I don't know, 20 stats on the board. All of a sudden, you don't, and they have like 10 stats. That's like a common scenario that now happens in, uh, in arena games, because the standard power level is just insanely high with all the class cards in here. Um, and what you're really dealing with now is this kind of back and forth 
of uh, a mix of card advantage, but not really even card advantage. It's more like, can you draw your good cards, or dig for your good cards, or discover some good cards, like the busted ones, uh, versus your opponent and what they're doing. Um, and then the stuff that you do on the board may be, at the end of the day, if you're like a really good player and they're an average player, maybe the equivalent of like getting one more extra bomb. But you've each played three or four bombs over the course of the game before it ends, at least. So that's kind of where we're at. Yep. Look, high power level. Um, a lot of people are complaining about the discovers. Uh, and it just sort of adds to the... You know, every single time we've been in a meta in which there's a lot of discover, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think people always say that they have bad time because of the swings. Uh, and it's tough because, look, um, we had a previous meta in which it was non-standard and DKs ran away with it, right? Because it was non-standard, um, so they're in just significantly uh, superior card pool won, won them the game, effectively, because they weren't drafting crappy 3-mana three 3-3s three all the time. Uh, now we have a standard meta in which, hey, everybody has a chance to do dumb things, um, which I think some people will be very happy about. It, it's it's pretty fun, right? It's pretty fun uh, mm-hmm. for some people. Um, and and let's, let's be real, they're doing much dumber things than Death Knight yeah, ever did. Yeah, they're, they're doing, yeah, they're, there's there's quite a lot of dumb things to, to be thrown around here. Um, because every single annoying combo that you guys remember in recent memory they're like all back it's it, it, it's like all back right yeah. uh so you know you hate the locations locations are back great you know um but you still have like all of the really dumb stuff right uh deathborn is still here right uh all and classes unnerved. can do really really yeah and all classes can do really really dumb things um that's just the way it is so one of the things with this like dumb things meta is that when they brought this meta back, they didn't keep any of the nerfs, like the offering rate nerfs from the the prior metas that may have happened. Because if you remember, you, you guys all know Deathborn. Uh, Deathborn got nerfed to hell and was basically nearly undraftable for good reason because it totally ruins the entire game, um, and that did not keep. Nor did any of the other nerfs that were nerfed. Um, if you look at uh, like just all the cards came back in a unnerfed offering rate state as if it was a pure hey we're in the standard meta let's see where the chips fall and if you look at where the chips fall uh, if you look at where the chips actually fell um, Death Knight is only 48.2% that's not bad totally playable class but all these fears that people had of, oh my god, Death Knight is super powerful. We kept saying, hey, Death Knight is actually not super powerful. Their cards aren't super powerful. The drafting mechanic may lift them up a bit. But overall, they're, this is like a very in-control class. Well, this is what you're seeing now. This is kind of the first meta that popped in that was a standard meta where Death Knight is on even footing with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it is a below-average class. Okay. Um, I expect it to be an above-average class. But, and yes, Death Knight does have one really good card still out of the card pool, right? Malignant Horror is, did not make a return. Um, but, uh, but overall, um, you're, you're seeing everything at old Death Knight levels. 
See, okay, I feel like I need to address this because even though I see it in chat right now, I think some people will also think this, all right? Uh, I. So I'm seeing a comment. It's like, oh, this is what you guys wanted, a standard meta. It's like, oh, I got you now. Haha. -ha. Like, you see, I'm like, so yeah. he, he, here's the thing. Um, I don't understand how this is any sort of a, a, a gotcha. This is better than the worst meta we've ever had, which was the previous DK meta. That, that was the, the worst the, meta the, ever. Two metas ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the meta for the last three weeks has actually been quite good, as I kept yes. saying. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't um, know how many people were playing it, but it's During that good. time, we were just like, look, uh, Cube is probably, like, the best way to do it, but if you don't want to do that, just do standard. Mm -hmm. It's going to be much better. And it is. Yeah, there's no way this is this worse is way than better. when Death Knight yeah. was, uh, had, like, malignant horror and was destroying everything. There's no way. Um, that being said, like, it's not a good meta, and no one expected this to be a good meta at this stage, because, you know what hasn't happened yet? They haven't done a real adjustment yet. What they have done, what they have done, and this is, so remember, they came in with nothing adjusted, right? Everything at full normal offering rate, even cards that they know are problematic. The banned cards remain banned, but if you weren't banned, and you just had your offering rate adjusted down, whether you were neutral or a class card or whatever, right? Like, you were still, you were still going full speed ahead. Um, and, uh, and, and able to, uh, to, to kind of do, uh, you know, normal stuff. Um, the difference, uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, so, okay, so after it came in, three days after that, on Friday, so the, it was launched on Tuesday, and on Friday, they released kind of like an emergency hotfix thing, which we had been asking for, for like so many metas before this, which is like, look, after a day or two or whatever, you at least know what some cards are problematic. You at least know that some things need to be done. It doesn't have to be perfect, but just like throw something out there to destroy the worst of things so the game is better. We've been big proponents of like immediate action after release, and they did it here. It's not a large list. I actually went back and looked at all the lists. It was just, and it wasn't described. It was described as some neutral cards and one mage card. So the actual cards they nerfed that they determined was too good uh, and cannot be in the meta was Rune of the Archmage, which wasn't even nerfed that hard. Rune of the Archmage is, I'm sure you guys remember, the, you know, summon everything kind of like, uh, not summon everything, it'll play all these uh, random spells kind of uh, kind of card. It has a win rate that is above every single mage or neutral card except Astralore. It says cast 20 mana worth of mage spells at, at enemies. It's an epic. It's offering rate kind of halved, so that it's now basically a legendary card. Like, it's, it's, it's a big nerf, but at the same time, it's one of those things that's like, you never saw the card a lot, and you're going to see it even less now. But it's also not gone completely. That was the one class card they said, oh, immediately, we're going to nerf this. This is, we don't want this here, right? Like, something, whether they just remember the card, or, like, they looked at the stats, and this card was by far the biggest outlier and in the best class uh, at the moment, which is made right now. Um, anyway, that got nerfed. The other cards that were nerfed were literally, like, I only found two cards. Maybe they nerfed other cards too, but I was only able to find two cards in neutral that were nerfed, uh, looking through the uh, HS Replay data. And that was Mothership and Night Captain. And those are kind of on the obvious side of cards you want nerfed, right? I had tweeted out a list of six 
or seven neutral cards I wanted to nerf. But like half of those were epics, which, you know, they're kind of iffy about nerfing the offering rate of. Although they just did it to freaking Rune of the Archmage. So, you know, um, maybe it's about time to give school teacher his due. Uh, and a lot of the other ones were the Discover cards, which were unnerfed. So they basically went down my list, or, you know, obviously they didn't go down my list. They had these thoughts before I had a list, probably. And they nerfed every card on my list, besides the Discover cards and the Epic cards. So, this is Blizzard, very pointedly at this stage, saying, Hey, we know we want to nerf the non-Discover cards that have the insanely high win rate. We know we want to do that. Uh, we're not sure if we want to nerf the epic cards yet. We maybe have to think about it, or we just think we have more time because no one complains about them because they don't see them enough. But we are purposefully saving the Discover cards. We are purposefully putting the Discover cards into a protective bubble and say, hey, your win rates can be however high, right? Maybe there's a line, right? Maybe like, you know, if it was like school teacher levels of high, they'll ner they'll nerf it. But at Scorpion levels of high, which remember is mothership levels of high and is above Night Captain levels of high in terms of the win rates, at Scorpion levels and the Rubian Vizier levels, which is the same exact level, this is not too high. We will protect the Discover cards. So this isn't a, oh, we're not going to specifically nerf Discover cards. Um, because it's a mechanic that is not suitable for arena and is, you know, not fun and removes a lot of skill from the arena. Uh, at least the fundamental skills, it, you know, maybe requires some skills of knowing what cards are in the meta. Um, but that's memorization, right? It does not really require any of the fundamentals that go into this game. Um, and they're looking at it and they're saying, rather than saying discover is a problematic part of the game, we think Discover is exempt, at least for now. We have to think about this more. Like, from our perspective, I think it's pretty obvious that Discover, historically, for years, has been the most problematic part of Arena Neutrals, especially Discover spells. But to this Arena team, it's not the most problematic part. In fact, they're going to go out of their way by the win rates to save these cards that have busted win rates while nerfing the cards right next to them on win rates that are more tempo-based. In a meta, by the way, that is not tempo-based at all. This is not a tempo meta. You cannot win playing tempo in this meta. Demon Hunter is the lowest win rate class. Um, tempo means nearly nothing in this meta. This is a big bomb meta. And a combo meta, if you can get into the combos. But even beyond combos, a lot of the times... It's, it's a, like it's a swing card. meta. The, the thing that is frustrating for some people um, is basically because you don't know how many swings are left. Because it could be a lot more than you think is, quote, fair. <laughs> um, the amount of swings can be so frustrating for you. And you're just like, okay, surely this priest surely this whoever is out of stuff now right like yep. if i establish myself i can just win by establishing like you know if i have like eight mana i'll put out like 11 manas quote worth of stuff and then i can you know remove and then hit them to the face like that should be fine right that's like kind of normal hearthstone uh and and the answer is no like um they will have much more than you think well, there should be like it's just a feel kind of thing i'm not gonna say it's like oh it's like five per game or six per game um i think that is the area of frustration for a lot of people 
Um, and you're absolutely right. They are protecting Discover. And I'll just say this. Totally understand it. There are some choices that um, that the devs make in which I'm like, I don't really get this or I don't exactly agree with it. Now, going to wear different hats here. You know, if I were the many, many years ago, competitive player, right? <laughs> competitive arena. Um, would I like this decision to vehemently protect Discover? I would not love it, right? Is there skill in Discover? Only when you're kind of like, oh, do I pick the three mana three four or like the six mana six six with a small ability, right? Like, it's not like, do I pick Deathborn here? <laughs> Is Deathborn good here? Like, uh, uh, okay, those those are like not as important decisions. But if I'm the dev, like, damn, what is ninety nine percent of the population going to find pretty fun? They're gonna find Discover's fun. Like, people find it fun. You can you can also okay, you can either find it fun. And not very frustrating because you don't play a lot or you just kind of don't care. You know, you go into arena and you do wacky stuff. Or you can also find it fun and extremely frustrating sometimes as well. I think that would define like, you know, if you watch Dreads, I, I think, you know, he's he's the kind of Timmy who loves Discover, right? Like, you know, that meme or it's like he loves when it happens to him or like oh, when he finds the good stuff, hates when it like happens to him. So... It could be both, but this is one area in which I do understand. They are kind of touching everything and really trying to leave this alone. And I'm just like, I get it. Now, if I were a Keck W uh, competitive player, I wouldn't like it. But all these decisions that they've made so far, you know, like going to standard, protecting Discover, all these crazy swings and whatnot, you would, you know, you would obviously hate it if you're just like, oh man, I want to see, like, you know, I want a consistent average through like each set of ten runs. You, you, you are not getting that. Okay, you are definitely not getting that. But I think the vast majority of people are going to be like, wow, Discover's pretty fun. I, I think it'll wear thin very quickly because one thing that Discover does is it amplifies the swings. There is no card that it swings does. harder than a Discover card, even a Colossal card doesn't swing as hard as it's a discover card because a colossal card is a guaranteed swing whereas a discover card adds even more swing to it because it could swing nothing and then it could win the game even harder than a colossal card like that's what you get with discover and it requires no skill to do one or the other right you get shit cards it doesn't really matter what you pick you know you may eke out an extra let's say 0.1 of value here uh, on the other hand, if you get the big card and then you pick the big card because you're not an idiot, and then you play the big card when you have enough mana, uh, you just got like 100 points of value. So these are not like smart decisions. These are not decisions anyone feels good about. Like, yeah, maybe Timmy's, but like really, like screw Timmy's. Um, <laughs> Timmy's can have their, they can have their day, but they can't have their day every other turn of the game. That's what's happening right now. Timmy's are having their game every other turn because some crap is happening in this game every other turn. All right? I don't know. Maybe Timmy's walk around here and be like, oh, you know what? It's so nice that everything blows up every other turn. I'm going to keep playing a game that does that. But I think 
even Timmy's would be satisfied if you only blew up the game every like six turns? Like, is that too much to ask for? You can still blow up the game. I'm not saying you can't have this kind of swing that exists in Hearthstone. I'm just saying the percent times that this game gets blown up to where nothing else you've done up until this point matters should not be every other turn. Like, within the four turns of you two turns and your opponent two turns, something, someone somewhere is getting blown up on average. And if you go, like, four turns without anything blown up, you know that it's just going to be you blow it up, they blow it up, you blow it up, they blow it up, you blow it up, because you've just been holding your blow-up stuff. Like... I don't know. Maybe people are just that basic and they just want to see this stuff blow up as often as possible, right? Like, the more blow you're up, calling, the better. You're calling people basic? Yeah. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very basic if you're just like, ooh, big card, lots of stuff happening, good, fun. Like, it's cool if it happens now and then, but the, if it happens every other turn and you're still oh like, uh-huh, yeah, more you, stuff, you know, more You stuff. know what this sounds uh. like to me? This sounds like that Principal Skinner meme is like, is it me who's out of touch? No. It must be the arena players who don't know what fun is. <laughs> but, like, that's not, like, you have to, like, okay, imagine you're drinking sugar <sighs> and you're just chugging Coke. That may be fun for, like, what, a minute tops? I don't know how long you can chug Coke for, but a minute seems like a real long time. I'm saying this as, as, as Murps chugs Coke. Well, um, yeah, but my version doesn't have sugar in it. Oh, uh, uh, well, the fake sugar, right? That's the same thing, right? Um, similar things. But, like, what if they, like, jammed, like, a tube down your throat and just force-fed you sugar for two hours? Are you still happy? Who's happy about that? Right now, you have people walking around playing the arena who are apparently happy about it. I don't know what to call these people. I don't. I don't understand them. Like, uh, I understand the person who, like, barely plays and then sees a lot of flashy things happen and then, you know, doesn't play the game for a couple days and then comes back. And then is like, oh, hey, more flashy stuff happening. This is, uh, this is interesting. But I do not understand the people who play this game. Like, let's say one arena run a day or one arena run every other day. Or arena run being, on average, I don't know, an hour and a half, uh, less than two hours. Um, so like on average, you've played the game an hour a day, right? Over the course of a week, seven hours a week that you're, you're pretty casual, but you're like a player, right? You're like a regular player, but you're pretty casual. I, I don't see how you can be entertained for seven hours in a week by stuff just blowing up every other turn. I, I don't see it, but that's what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah the yeah. problem no, they, is they, not they, just I... all the class cards, but even the neutrals. Because it's not just that Venomous Scorpion is in the meta. Oh no, Venomous Scorpion is in the meta. Venomous Scorpion, Nerubian Vizier, and Pandaren Importer are all in the meta. And you know what they all do? Discover a spell. Discover a spell. Maybe make it cost less. Yeah. Discover a spell that wasn't in your deck. So you don't just have Venomous Scorpion in the meta. You have three times Venomous Scorpion in the meta. Imagine going back in the day to Venomous Scorpion and then saying, Hey, you know what make a great arena meta? If we tripled its offering rate. Let's do that. Because that's what just happened. So that's what this arena is. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you a little something about fun. Uh, okay, uh, first, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, basically present you with something. Um, you are a unique person. Would you agree with that? Yes. And you're definitely not a unique person. Your definition of fun is sometimes. I don't care about what a, I a, have fun. a little I'm different than other, other people. people can like. No, no, no. no, no. So, have fun so like here, that. here is the point that I think you are missing a little bit here, where you're just like, it's too crazy, right? It's like too crazy. It's too frequently too. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, so here's here's something. It's like, okay, if you basically put the amount of craziness at a certain point in the middle, it's actually worse for the fun factor than it is if you turned it up to very high as in to the degree it is right now. That's what some people, I'm not saying all, right. some and actually a decent amount find fun about it right now. Now, right. I also agree. People can get tired of it, right? People can can get tired of it. But I would say, uh, uh, like a decent amount of people are having fun. The the people who really are having fun are the people who are like, oh, grumble, grumble. I need to do my ten runs a day so I can try to get the highest on the arena leaderboard, and my runs are just ruined by you know like Deathborn discover blah 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 blah. Um, it's sort of like cheesiness in a film, right? If a film is like slightly cheesy or kind of done bad um it's a bad movie but if it is really cheesy or over mm-hmm. the top or if it's like you know john wick in which like it's always yeah. action right okay. like but then now it imagine becomes, you have to watch like john wick for like 20 hours i don't know i don't know who's finding that interesting well no play. they're 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 on right now they are on like hour three right now you know where it's still it's still enjoyable like it's a long movie but yeah they could get tired of it five days in they're not tired yet but they will be very very soon some will some will and some a lot will i would say a majority of people maybe i just have more faith uh in the uh in the arena player population even the casuals Okay, look, uh, that, just that because is, they is don't warranted. agree with your definition of fun no, doesn't mean you got to no, lose faith no, in them. It's not that they have what? to find what I find fun fun, but there are things that are just objectively not fun for that long period of time, unless, like, oh except for God. very small. Like, at a certain point, it's not me being weird, it's them being weird, right? And, it's them, and, it's and not what, you. No, yes. no, no. But what I'm saying is we have gotten uh. past the point where it's me being weird and I don't <laughs> like the big swings. And we're at the point in which the swings are so frequent that only like 5% of the players can find that more fun than if you toned it down by like 25% or 50%. Because if you tone it down, if you tone this meta down by 50%, you're still going to get like three swings per match, at least, from both sides. So like six swings total. Like big swings, like big, flashy, boom, kind of like swings. You're still going to get it. Like, I refuse to believe that a highly significant percentage of arena players uh, find the current meta more enjoyable than a combined six swing per game meta. That's, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I've been, you know, this isn't my first time at the rodeo here. Uh, we've been covering this for eight years now. We've been doing it at the, uh, uh, at the, you know, try-hard level. But we also talk to people who are, you know, more casual. These days, I play less than anyone else who, like, you know, plays the game, right? You don't even play the game. We are beyond casual, right? We're, like, we're like more casual than casuals, technically. Yeah, yeah. There's what, the, like the thing matches? is, you don't have to, like... Okay, the amount that you play does not exactly define... Like, you still have this mentality, not of a casual player, though. Okay, you sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I played five runs, and it's already, like, super, super annoying to me. For you, yes, yes, yes. More For so you, than, like, annoying. oh, like, one is obviously... Like, if you get blown out by, like, a whatever card one time, it's it's fine. Um but it's still a little annoying. This, I mean, it's like, it's not unplayable, 
but it's borderline like meaninglessly playable right like it's like you're going in and then like imagine if every car was venomous corporate will you still have a game yes you will you will have a pretty competitive game actually um because that, you're always that's a fun tavern stuff. brawl right yeah, that's right. a fun, that's tavern, a fun brawl. tavern brawl mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah. it's a fun tavern brawl and right now arena is like getting super close to tavern brawl with all the discoverers in the meta and that they're protected so i do hope that they stop protecting them i'm not even asking i'm just asking for discoverers to be treated like anybody else right like your win rate is too high you got to get nerfed somehow and if the game is not nerfing you by like a stat or whatever it's also that i don't need them to like actually lose the discover i just need them to be less good right like if nerubian vizier was a 2-3 problem solved if venomous scorpion was a 1-2 problem solved they'll still discover the same amount of spells but you're actually going to have to pay for using them somewhat rather than just getting these free things and rather than having everybody pick them they'll just be cars that you actually have to make a decision about in the draft right and then make a decision about about whether you can lose a tempo in order to play to get your ridiculous discovers like there is a way to make these discovers more skillful and it involves stuff that arena can't do right now so that's sad but until that happens you can't stack this many on top of each other and i'm just talking about the neutral cards this is all over the place all over the place of class cards right i'm not even touching the class cards right now there are so many class cards right now that discover um i think there's at least like three mage ones that are like a tier and above minimum i don't i'm not even looking at it i mean there may be like six <laughs> uh just off the top of my head um you know what i'm actually gonna look at it i'm gonna look at mage class cards and see how many of the top cards discover okay um okay well this one's epic but prismatic elemental will be your first one then you have rune orb that's common that's your second one these are all rated a or above okay uh then spell coiler uh conditional discover but still discover a spell that's the third one that's common too um okay great sage parrot isn't a discover but it recasts whatever you do i count that as a half one uh suspicious alchemist is a rare there's another one we're at five so far uh and we're not out of like the 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 a tier even yet a drake fire amulet of course um how can i forget drake fire amulet that'll be number six uh number seven whirl weaver that is a, a new one uh and a, a rare card uh okay this one's not really discover it's it's eh, well it's dredge dredge is kind of discover but kind of not i'm not gonna count it oh ethereal conjurer that's seven i'm just going down the list by win rates here before i get to okay we'll draw the line at fireball all right at fireball we're not going to consider it like super op so of the super op cards in mage there's six of them that are discovered this is your top class like what's the problem with mage it's discovering too much this isn't rocket science here like what's the and, and all the other classes may not have as many as mage i picked a class that in my head discovers a lot but like in a mage priest whatever uh some of the other classes will do that less uh but you're still at six of your top class cards plus three plus an epic card in a school teacher so really four plus four of the top neutral cards and that's four of the top six neutral cards or something like that by the way uh that are that are unnerved so far um like this is just this is too much no, it's not just like i think it's too much it's objectively too much at this point 
for sustainability. So, yes, we are only five days in. Yes, I can see that most people may not be, like most of the normal people may not be sick of this yet. But this cannot continue for the next two months. It can't even continue for the next month. Like, this is going to be bad. And they need to change it before it gets bad and stop protecting discoverers. I think it'll happen for Mage because they got a nerf Mage anyway whenever they do the big class balancing. So remember, they did a small touch-up to immediately address some issues like Night Captain, um, like uh, Mothership, uh, and to nudge Mage down a little with the uh, Rune of the Archmage nerf. But this is a very small nerf. And they meant it to be small because the class adjustment big nerf like round hasn't happened yet, right? And if you look at any meta, this meta is actually starting out decently between class balance and anything. But if you look at other metas, they'll sometimes let it run for a week, maybe even two weeks in like a super terrible meta before they do the adjustments. And then the adjustments are meant to make it into an actual playable one. So we are in this area right now where everything's supposed to be new. Everything's supposed to be exciting and nothing is supposed to be sustainable. And when they do do the nerfs, I really, really hope they don't keep exempting the discoverers. Like, I really hope this is one of those things where they're like, we're going to keep the Discover in right now. It's like an event. It's like a two-week launch event where things are crazy. But once we, like, actually try to make things serious by, like, tightening things down, by nerfing some classes, by boosting up some other classes, we're going to reduce the Discovers to a not, like, I don't know, uh, just, like, circus level of ridiculousness, right? Like, we're going to bring it down from circus to, like, an entertaining show. Probably. I could see that. Mm. But I think for now, this is sort of what's exactly needed. Like, I see uh, a general level of enthusiasm. First of all, you know, it's hard to separate exactly what the enthusiasm is for. Is it the fact that now you can draft many classes and have a good time, you know, and have crazy stuff happen, whereas previously, you know, two metas ago, you had to draft DK, otherwise you weren't just going to lose. You were going to lose in pathetic fashion and you mm -hmm. couldn't do any cool stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You were dropping just the most vanilla, boring stuff and you were just getting decimated. So that felt bad, like in, in many ways. To be um, fair, you were getting decimated by normal vanilla stuff that's just better than your normal vanilla stuff. Yeah, you but... You were getting decimated by crazy ways outside of uh, the band card. Yeah, the thing is, like, there was too many opportunities for you to slowly wither away and die mm -hmm. and for you to never do anything, right? Now, yeah. uh, there's plenty of games in which, look, you thought you had a decent deck. Maybe you have a decent deck. You went two wins, but I'm sure you did some, like, pop-offs in there, yeah. right? I'm, yeah. I'm pretty in, sure in you popped game, off a little bit. Pop yeah, off like I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you popped <laughs> off, like, a few times in there. You just didn't pop off enough and um for you know for some people they will you know like they definitely feel happier about that than like yes three or even like six wins in the 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 oppressive dk mm -hmm. meta in which they're like I should be happy because I got six wins with a non-DK class. You know, non-DK, non-Paladin class, right? We shouldn't be right? comparing but, this to, like, the worst meta in the game's history, right? Like, we should be comparing yeah, this to... Yeah, but that's also a... recent memory. And then, on top of that, they're like, hey, you know what? I kind of like this power level. And look, I totally agree with you. They might get tired of it. But I think they're like, oh, wow, this is kind of, like, 
This is uh, I'm I'm playing like a tavern brawl right now, right? You people you like have a high power level. The reason we like standard is because it is at a high power level, and at a high power level, you can balance things out too, and you can have a game that actually goes back and forth. Like you don't have to have it th at this level. This is artificial. Like this is what I want to like. Uh, back when we were talking about uh, horror, right? Uh, and why horror remained in the game after they nerfed Death Knight. Remember, they nerfed Death Knight to the ground. All the green cards, all the cards that did whatever. But the cards that did stuff like horror, meaning you can use corpses to summon stuff, all of those cards stayed. And there was like four of them. But horror was the big one because it didn't have a rune requirement and was common and was the best. Uh, Yimajar, I think, had a higher win rate. Um, but, uh, but horror was, uh, was, was more commonly seen because Yimajar was a uh, rare. Um... Like, they did that on purpose. Because Horror's win rate, Yimajar's win rate, was above many of the cards that they ended up nerfing. They were like, look, we're going to nerf Death Knight, it's too much. But we got to give it something absurdly ridiculous. And this is like a very Death Knight-y thing, right? You use corpses to do stuff. So we're going we're gonna to save it. We're going to protect it with a safe space. And you guys saw how that worked out. You guys saw how it worked out when the devs looked at something and said, we think this is fun... Even though it's too powerful, we admit it's too powerful, we have the stats, we're not dumb, but we think it's fun, and we're going to protect it. You saw how that turned out. We just had it. This just happened like a month ago. This is very recent memory. They're doing the same thing again. And I hope it doesn't take them a month. Well, it was holiday break. That's probably why it took them so long to get it done. But it literally took them more than a month to fix their like, it, it screw-up yes. last time. It took a while, yes. It took more than a month. And like we all stopped playing the arena because it was like stupid. Uh... This one is not going to be as bad because oh my god horror like you can't you can't compare something to the worst meta ever and be like but this is better like yes okay this is better but it's the same thing they have carved out a safe space for something they liked even though the win rates are ridiculous and the results are going to be the same just a little more muted because uh, hopefully one they're not going to let this stay for a month. And two, because this is not as bad, right? But it's the same direction. It's the same, like, like this is the same, what do you call those things? Like, analogy or, uh, you know, like, comparisons. Like, you compare, like, A is to B as X is to Y. This is the same thing. They're doing it again, right? Like, they have not learned their lesson. Um, at least they've not learned the big wide lesson, right? They may think, oh, that was wrong. We learned from there. But at a smaller scale, maybe this is okay. And like, like Merp said, maybe this is okay. Right? Maybe having this for like a week is definitely not the end of the world. Two weeks may not be the end of the world. I just don't want this to go on for a month. And this is no way this goes on for two months. Like, people are not going to like it, is, is, is what I'm getting at. People are going to hate it, not as much as the worst meta ever, but still poorly. Like, they're still going to hate it a lot. Okay. Uh, that, that's kind of where we are now in the big meta. In the meantime, like, go play. You got to familiarize yourselves with the cards anyway. The biggest advice I have for you, like, based on my own play, uh, I'll I guess I'll, I'll give you two uh, I'll give you two things. Uh, because one's kind of a, a my problem, or and probably your problem too, but it's, uh, it's an easily fixable problem. And that is that I don't know what the cards do. I've played with all these cards. I've seen all these cards. I've, I've valued all these cards. Uh, but a lot of the ones, especially the epic ones, they were literally in the game for one meta which was like two months, and then they were gone, right? Because we kept doing wild stuff. So, like, I just, I didn't know. I was, in every single run that I've done, 
except for one where I lost because of another misplay. But in every single run I've done, I have lost a game that I 100% would have won if I knew what the card did. Or I knew what the secrets were, like the options of secrets were. Right, like if I just had that information, and the secrets aren't like HS, uh, like a deck tracker won't help you because the secrets are randomly generated from weird pools that are not necessarily the pool that you can draft out of. So uh, standard secrets, yes, that's true, but I don't know. People dig up secrets from weird stuff, so you gotta like know a lot of stuff, and a lot of this stuff, unless you've been like dedicatedly like playing a lot through every meta in the past like year and a half, you will not know. And uh, it is very helpful to know stuff because stuff is complicated. Uh, a lot of you know multi-layer mechanics happening now, and also turns you take you have to do more actions per turn now, right? It's it's a standard meta. The APM has rocketed up from the prior few metas that we've been in, which were wild metas. Like you have to do probably like six things, not make six decisions of what cards to play. But you have to like literally click on th six things, and each of them has to have a decision making process involved in it. And uh, the you know sometimes the rope is just not long enough. I've been roped more times than in I don't know the prior like eight metas that I can remember. Um, so one thing is just to get familiar. But the second one, if you are already familiar, and if you don't like if you already know all the cards do, and you can react very quickly to stuff. Um, don't play your cards. I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this in to the transition of we're we're going to do the mini set review after this to end uh, to to end this Lightforge podcast and we're going to cover the important cards, not all the cards. But don't play your stuff when you have stuff. If it's like the first couple turns and it's uncurved, whatever, right? Play them, but don't play them after that. At a certain point, probably starting around turn 5 or 4 even, playing stuff doesn't matter. Because nothing matters in what you do in this game anymore. Everything that you do in this game is going to get wiped away and flipped on you by anything that the opponent can do that has real meaning in determining the outcome of the game. So rather than playing stuff, right... Like, just because you need stuff on the board, you need to put pressure and whatever. You don't need any of that. That's not particularly helpful. What you need to do, if you have the option between that and powering things up for a combo or a flip or discovering something to maybe set something up for later, setting stuff up for later is always preferable, unless you're about to die right now. And you're not going to be about to die right now. You're not going to be about to die right now because your opponents are either more or less doing the same thing or just frankly aren't even drafting a curve. There are so many people that I'm facing right now that just don't have curves. They were just like, I guess I don't need a two drop in this entire deck. Um, which is fair because you don't really need a two drop in this meta. It doesn't matter that much. You, you definitely don't need a three drop. That really doesn't matter. As long as you have your big powerful cards, your setups for big powerful cards, your combos that can, you know, trigger. Get all those set up. Uh, drawing cards isn't necessarily good, so that's why I don't like it when people say it's a value meta. 
it's uh it's not really a value meta it's a swing meta right like so you have to set up for swings having like 10 more cards than your opponent will only win you the game like 10 percent of the time uh maybe 15 percent of the time but if those extra cards are useful because they give you more options and they help you swing the game and they give you more combo possibilities so your goal starting turn four definitely by turn five is just to not die while setting up big crap stuff um your mana thirst should be used for mana thirst much more often than before one of the differentiating factors in the prior meta uh between a good player and a bad player is that a bad player will not play the mana thirst cards until they're mana thirsted because that's how they get value and a good player will play the mana thirst cards even the really good ones we're talking about like silver moon uh, you know whatever the three mana card is like they'll play them on turn like four or five or even six not even on curve we're not talking about like oh i don't have a three drop i play the silver moon no that's like an obvious play right and, and some people don't even make it and you know those are the really bad players uh but uh the good players will play it on turn four on turn five on turn six probably not on turn seven that's that's very painful to do but they'll do it early like a 25 percent of the time or more when given the option even though they get so much if they just waited two more turns, three more turns, and they do other stuff. Because they recognize that at this point, having a five health taunt actually is super, 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 super good and will get more value than if you had to wait and get like two extra, uh, four extra stats and a divine shield. Like they can make that calculation in their head and do it. Now, you don't really have to make that calculation anymore because you just need swings. And playing a 2-5 taunt for 3 mana will never, ever, ever, ever swing the game. Ever. In this power level. I don't care how good of a setup you have for this 2-3, for this 2-5 uh, taunt. It will not swing the game. So, your percent chance of playing this card when it's in, in an off-curve situation, before the mana thirst, if you have it, has just gone down from like 25% of the time as a good player to like 5% of the time as a good player. Um, that's what happened to skill. Skill used to matter 25% of the time. Now it matters 5% of the time. But uh, this is just one particular kind of skill, right? You're, you need to start focusing on your, I don't know, uh, I want to say, I want to say your, your card draw skills, your drafting skills. <laughs> no. But uh, you're, you're setting the opponent up skills. Your ability to not die while doing other things skill. And that is a skill. Because trying not to die does take something, right? Especially if you're, like, trying to save certain pieces. You do have to, like, not die. And if you go too far, you, you do die. So you have to have a read on your opponent, a read on the game, and then see how, what you can get away with. And you have to know the odds. You have to know the odds of what's in your deck, what's a combo piece, what are the odds I can draw it, you know, how important it is to save this. For the combos. Mana Thirst was a no-brainer, right? Because it doesn't combo with anything. Um, but some of the combo-y stuff, you do still have the normal combo skills. And they play a bigger factor now than they used to. So, like, your analysis of your own combo potential matters more now and is actually uh, a skill area like a legit skill area that gets more importance uh in a meta like this that's that's my two cents on on what i'm finding to be important in this meta okay my only comment is that wasn't two cents that was like 
20,000 Zimbabwe cents, okay? Large in quantity, <laughs> worth nothing, okay? I'm sorry. I have no idea what just happened, all right? Is anybody else with me here? <laughs> okay, so I learned... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sleep deprived, but what I caught was don't die, and mm. uh, dying is bad. Um, yeah. Don't die. Yeah. Do other stuff while not dying. Basically, don't try to win through some combination of tempo and phase, unless you're a hunter, right? It doesn't even work with demon hunter. Like that's all you have to know. It doesn't even work with demon hunter. Like that's how not like whatever you're doing. If it feels demon hunter-y, don't do it. I think that's a pretty good summary if you know how to play demon hunters well. Um, all the stuff that demon hunters are good at, try not to do that stuff no matter what class you are. Except hunter, because hunter is always special. Well, so my question is, because uh, you know a lot of people are, are, are talking about how bad DHs are. But like, DHs just got really crappy yeah. cards, I mean, right? DHs they got, they really got the relics too. back. Like, like, it doesn't... Like, it used to not matter how bad DH's cards are, right? Because DH well, always had a hero to. power. Yeah, it used to. But here, it does matter how bad DH's cards are, because their hero power doesn't mean shit. That's my point. Well, it could still mean something. It's just like, you know, what we're doing with a different power level now. Yeah. Well, people in the chat was I try to make a Zoo Warlock. Let me tell you, the run was abysmal. Yeah, because you try to make a Zoo Warlock. Zoo Warlock involves doing a lot of stuff. And that's Warlock, too. You always had card advantage, right, at the end? That's the whole point of a Zoo Warlock, is that you can do a lot of tempo-y stuff, and you always have card advantage at the end, too, so you're killing him for both ends. Well, tempo's not worth that much, and card advantage is not worth that much. Because remember, this is not a value meta. Um, this is a swing meta. You know, what temp you know what a Zoo deck does really bad job of? Swings. There's very little swings in a Arena Zoo, Warlock Zoo deck. Um... So it's just, you're not going to have the best success with decks like that. Okay. All right. So I'm going to talk about a card now from the mini set. We're going to shift this into the mini set review situation. Um, it's online. I tweeted out the link. It's the same link that it, it always is on our, on our little sheet. Um... There's a few A-tier cards. Uh, Frost Queen Syndragosa, which was only recently added to the game, uh, is a S++ from, uh, from Death Knight. Uh, it's a legendary. Um, but it's like any other Colossal card, right? S++ is not good for a Colossal. It's average. Uh, but that's, that's what Colossals are. And then there's a bunch of A-tier cards from, uh, from a bunch of classes. But the one card I want to focus on first is freaking... The two cards, I guess are the two neutral cards that are getting played. One is Lost Exarch, which has been in from the beginning. And one is Dark Fallen Shadow, which was only added in the last couple days. We rated Dark Fallen Shadow a B and Lost Exarch an A. I'm not changing the ratings of any of these um, because I think they're right. Uh, even though right now, Lost Exarch is performing like a B-tier card, maybe even lower... And Dark Fallen Shadow is performing like an A-tier card. And the first point of this is how to read stats. And the second point of this is how to play a card that I had thought was deceptively easy to play. But then in the game, I realized it actually 
you actually have to do it a certain way that's not necessarily intuitive. So first, I want to talk about why Dark Fallen Shadow is currently above Night Captain in win rate. It is a 3-mana, three 3-3 three, three undead rush. Mana Thirst 6, gain Reborn. So later on in the game, you could use it as like a 3-mana Fireball, right? Or just like a little bit of an over-tempo card to be put out here. It's a good card. It's a B. Why is it performing so well? You can tell why it's performing so well because you can look at the stats. It is currently in only 5% of decks for a common card. If you look at what other cards are only in, like, say, 5% of decks, you get cards like Anonymous Informant. Which is uh, uh, the, the your next secret you play costs zero mana cards. Why is Anonymous an Informant, even though it has a win rate above Night Captain? Why is it uh, such a low pick rate? It's because if you don't have secrets, like if you're in a class that has no secrets, this is a croc, right? So they're not going to pick it high at all. So that's an obvious one. And you can look at the Anonymous Informant on your HS Replay stat list and say, oh, I see the win rate. I understand it. It's not actually better than a Night Captain. Right, only an idiot would think anonymous informant overall is better than a night captain. In mage, it's better than a night captain, but like you know, as the first pick, or if you have a bunch of secrets, uh, or let's face it, you can discover stuff. So who knows? Maybe even if you have no secrets, it's still good. Uh, but but overall, it's not. But for dark fall and shadow, it's low because people have not caught on to how good it is. It's five percent pick rate. Venomous Scorpion is 26% pick rate. That means that Darkfall and Shadow should be able to have about 26% pick rate. Now, I see people in chat saying, yes, this card's only been around two days, though. That's fine. It's 5% right now. It's been around for two out of the five days. So let's extrapolate that. It will be currently picked about 12% of the time. Let's compare Venomous Scorpit, 26%, and Dark Fallen Shadow, 12% pick rate. It's still being picked, compared to its rough win rate, at like half, at like almost half of what it should be. So right now, Dark Fallen Shadow is only being picked by certain players. It has a biased pick. I promise you, this card will fall down to be below Pandaren Importer. Which, you know, is not that big of a fall, actually, now that I look at it. Uh, but that it will fall to a place where, statistically, it may look like, uh, uh, you know, like a B-plus or something. Um, but yeah, just don't be fooled by this card. It's not that it's a bad card. Bs are very good. Um, I think Babanaga was a B-plus. Ram Commander, I think, is a B-plus. Um... Yeah, like Click Clocker would be like a B, right? And it's up here. And Corporal Corporal's probably a B plus, maybe a B. Coroner, like they're at like 55.8% win rate. That's around where where it'll be at, like the B plus B line, rather than uh, 56.56, 56.6, where it is right now. So it'll drop like 0.8% win rate and then be where, where it belongs because this will catch on. Um like, it's a, it's a fine card, and people should be drafting it way more than 12% of the time compared to Venomous Scorpius, 26%. Uh, 
Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, the other card that I want to talk about is the card that we rated an A. Whenever we rate a neutral card an A, alarm bells should be going off because neutral cards that are not legendary should not be A's. We want them banned or their offering rates lowered until they are no longer like common or rare, right? Like at least to epic, but preferably to legendary. Um, and this card is something that we categorize in that category, and it is performing like crap. The card is Lost Exarch. Lost Exarch is a 4-mana 5-4 undead, so it's a normal body statted stuff. It has a death rattle. Spend all your mana. Summon that many 2-2 zombies with rush. This includes unspent mana from the turn that you play it, because you still have those mana. They didn't disappear, you just can't use them anymore. Well, this card will use the mana if it dies on your opponent's turn. Or, if it, does, if it doesn't, on your next turn... You can then pop it and use as much mana as you know you kind of like want to each mana turning each mana into a two two zombie with rush, which is like super good, like super duper duper good. So in theory, you should win the game if this card ever survives a turn. Or I guess in this meta you wouldn't win the game, but you would have gotten one giant swing off this card alone, right? With like no prep, no setup, no real anything. If this card survives a turn. And if it doesn't survive a turn, it's at least a 5-mana five 5-4. Five if you play it on turn 5, it's still a 5-mana five 5-4 five with a 2-2 two -two, like, death rattle if it dies on that turn. Um, so, this card is insane, right? It's obviously insane. I don't think that, you know, we really went out on a limb here and predicted that it, is, it was insane. And we're not wrong. It is insane. But it is performing as well as Defender of Argus. Gorilla Bot. Pelican Diver, Stoneborn General, Piggyback Imp. Like, they're not bad cards, right? But these are, like, your solid B-tier cards. These are not A-tier cards at all. They can't even dream of being A-tier cards. Whereas Lost Exarch is a clear A-tier card. So why is the win rate super-duper-duper bad? At first, before you even look at the win rates or whatever, I thought that this card was absurdly easy to play, and your opponent will mess up by not killing it when they should, and then you will then just get super value. So if anything, the fact that people are dumb should work in this card's favor rather than against the card, right? Like, because this card puts the onus on your opponent to make a good decision. So if people generally are dumb, then it's fine, right? It's like almost like uh, there's certain cards in this category, right? Where like your opponent has to respond in a certain way, and if they don't, you get a ton of extra value. Uh, and you're just kind of betting on your opponent to be dumb to get them extra, extra value. But while that is true, I have faced so many freaking players who play a Lost Exarch, and then I don't kill it because I can't. And then they either don't kill it the next turn, even though they can, or, or they kill it after they spend their mana. So this thing gets like 1-2-2 two, two with Rush or whatever. Like, they actually take this card at its word and goes, oh, I'm going to do my turn as normal, and then I'll get, like, a bonus 2-2 two -two or 2-2-2s two -two -two or whatever for whatever mana I can't use. That's really, really dumb. A 2-2 two -two rush for one mana is really, really, really good. It's better than whatever the hell else you're playing. It even has initiative. 
So if you're super, super desperate and you really need to remove your opponent's stuff, this is still your best option. So this is a card that has just flat out exceeded my expectations of people being really dumb with it. And that's the obvious dumb way. People, including myself, have also been dumb with it in more subtle ways, which is that you should never play this card on turn four. Unless you have no other plays. Because this card is a bomb. This card is a huge bomb. And playing it on turn 4 is a 4 mana 5-4. gets rid of the bomb. And remember what I said. If you ever have a choice between setting up your later turns for a swing versus getting tempo now, if you have any other plays to get less tempo, you use the less tempo play that still like does something. You don't play the on-curve card. The on-curve card is wrong. Lost Exarch is an on-curve card, but in Arena in this meta, it is a trap. What you should do with this card is to play it on turn 8 or after. And you should play it without doing anything else. You need to give it the mana to breathe. You need to give it at least 2 mana to breathe. And the turn afterwards, you need to be able to kill it off if they let you have it and summon 7 2 twos with Rush. That is such a big swing, and it is worth the hold. You could probably do it on turn 7. Like, you know, turn eight's not a hard rule. Uh, 7 mana is probably fine to play it. Um, 8 mana uh, just makes you have 9 mana the turn after, which means you can spend 2 mana to play, like, a card or hero power, or 3 mana to play a thing on the board before you pop your last Exarch. So that makes it, like, flexible and powerful. So that's why I said turn 8. But turn 7 is fine. Turn 6 is even fine because then you can get the full value of it the next turn without doing anything else. You're kind of locked into it, but, uh, but it's, all, it's all still fine. The point is, though, when you play it, you have to give it mana. You can't play it and then use up your mana. So, yes, by hanging the mana, you're not necessarily getting anything, but what you're getting is the chance that the Lost Exarch doesn't get killed and then you blow everything up the next turn. Your opponent, if they're smart, knows that however mana, many mana you hang that turn, they still need to kill the Lost Exarch on that turn and just take the hit. Which means that this becomes 4 mana for 5-4 and 2-2-2s. Two, two, starting on turn like 6 or 7 or 8 or whatever, right? And if you hang 4 mana, that's a 5-4 and like 4 2-2s, two, which is kind of absurd. But uh, if they don't kill it, the next turn, if you can kill off your Lost Exarch, you're going to get 7 2-2s. Two, for 7 mana plus the 4 that you hung, which is uh, 11 mana for 7 2 twos, which is still super duper worth it. Like just from a tempo perspective and from a removal perspective, not even looking at the card advantage perspective, in which you just like gain 2 extra cards. So that's how you play Lost Exarch. Yes, it is an A tier card. I think people will learn how to play it. It's just so powerful. Like they're going to see other people play it the right way against them put them into these difficult situations and like just mimic people but we're not there yet people are misplaying this card left and right this card is misplayed more often than it's played correctly um so draft it like an a tier card and just you know be good with it all right cool very cool all right, you got you got anything to add or no? Nope. No, okay. That's your twenty Zimbabwe cents. No, okay. Um, 
All right. Well, uh, let's let's move on to uh, some of the other meaningful, impactful cards. Um, Death Knight got Construct Quarter. I really need to like. One second. I really need to set this up. Okay. So. Death Knight got Construct Quarter, which is their location. It's uh, three mana, three charges. Destroy a friendly minion to summon a five, uh, a four five. Mm-hmm undead with rush you can destroy your hero powered dude you're summoning a lot of Russian yetis for very little mana it's really good it's an A tier card uh, I just want to go over them so people who listen like will know what the good cards are uh, rake rake is good I'm just going over actual A tier cards there's some B plus tier cards that are close but I just we, we don't have time to go over all of it um Rake is a druid card, uh, rare, one mana spell. Give your hero plus two attack this turn. Deal damage equal to your hero's attack to a minion. So not only is this four damage for one mana, which is really good, but it could potentially be five mana, five damage if you had like hero powered anyway or something. Uh, super, super, super good. Uh, cannibalize. Cannibalize, Priest card, 4 mana, destroy a minion, restore its health to all friendly characters. Just 4 mana, destroy a minion is just kind of insanely good, especially for Priest, which is usually bound by like weird rules of when and how it can destroy things. This is like just totally destroying its flavor. You could just destroy any minion. Like it's just, it's terrible design, but it's powerful. Like I don't know what they were thinking designing this card, but it is powerful. Uh, Stitched Creation, another rare card. This one's Rogue. I'm going to read it, and then you're just going to have to trust me that it's really powerful. And these are all cards that have performed well as well. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no. It, it, it's just. It, we, we were right according to the win rates. And then I'll go over the one card that did not fit this. Um, that the one uh, class card that didn't fit this. Okay, so Stitched Creation is 3 mana, 1, 1, undead. Combo, gain plus 2, plus 2. Infuse 2, gain plus 3, plus 3. Mana Thirst 8, gain plus 4, plus 4. You don't have to do all of it. You'll do some of it. It's going to be big. But if you do all of it, it's a 3 mana, 10, 10, right? I don't know. It's big. (laughs) Yes. It is a 3 mana, 10, 10 if you do all of it. Yes. Um, okay. And then we have two slightly underperforming warrior cards that we rated an A. Um, that I think has to more to do with how warriors are doing things right now. Um, I still think they're A-tier cards, but probably on the low side. One is Hookfist 3000, 3 mana 4-3, mech and a pirate. After your hero attacks, gain 4 armor and draw a card. So this card's value is directly tied to how many weapons or decent weapons a warrior has. And warrior, like has weapons not like they don't have weapons they just aren't the best um but yeah uh this card is gonna is going to be an a tier card even though it's uh it's performing a little bit under a tier card right now not that far under a tier card and the last one is a training session which is performing much under an a tier card and i don't know i didn't look at the, uh, the discover pool for taunts so it could just be that right now the taunt discover pool for taunts is crap 
And that's why this card is performing poorly, and that it's actually not an A in this meta. Uh, but normally it would be an A. Uh, it's a one-mana spell. Discover a taunt minion. If you play it this turn, repeat this. That's that's really good. Um, okay. <clears throat> those are uh, those are a rundown of your uh, super uh, top class cards. Uh... Yeah. Very good. I'll, I'll go over the two B-plus cards, too. Why not? Calamity's Grasp is a B-plus card. This one's in... Uh, just bring more classes in. This one's uh, in Demon Hunter. It's a one-mana, one-two weapon. Death Rattle, add a random outcast card to your hand. You can see why it's good. You can also see why it's not, like, absurdly good. It's a random outcast card. It's a class card. It's probably good, but, you know, it's totally random. And otherwise, it's one-mana for a one-two weapon, which is, like... Not, not quite A, but close to it. And then uh, the other B-plus card is Knight of the Dead. Knight of the Dead is a 3-mana 5-5, five, five, undead. Um, Battlecry, deal 5 damage to your hero. Mana Thirst 7, restore 5 health to your hero instead. So not only is it a 3-mana 5-5 five, five that deals 5 damage to your hero, which would be really good already, like, by itself. Also, if you happen to get it later in the game... Um, or if you're, like, struggling for health. But if you're struggling for health, it's probably later in the game anyway. It doesn't even hurt you, and it heals you instead. Like, what? Why? Um, it's a B plus. Like, tempo's just not that important these days. Uh, for it to... For, and, like, curve is not that important these days for it to be higher than a B plus. I think it's even performing lower than a B plus right now. It's performing at, like, B level. Uh, but it's a B plus. I don't know. It's just a very not-tempo meta. Um, okay. So the one card that we got wrong uh, in the class card section is Jolly Roger. Uh, this is your other... We, we put it as a B, but I just did the math real bad. And I did it better. And it's an A. So that's just us rating it wrong. It's like the best card in Rogue right now. And it deserves to be the best card in Rogue. Uh, Jolly Roger is a 1-mana one 1-3 one undead pirate. And it says, after your hero attacks, summon a 1-1 one one undead pirate. So, you have a very good chance of getting a 1-1, even if you play it on curve with a dagger on 2. And remember, you don't want to be doing anything. So, daggering on 2 is back. Daggering on 2 is great. You don't need the tempo. You just need to do anything. And the dagger is a great way to, like, hold something in reserve and use up your mana. Um, and then, even later on in the game... Um, it's a 1-mana one 1-3 one, with a 1-1, one, one, and then they if they don't remove it, then you get more 1-1s one, every turn, which is pretty nice for a 1-mana card. So, super good tempo in the early going, which doesn't mean a ton, but uh, it's just way better than it should be, right? Like, it's a 1-mana one 1-3 one, with extra 1-1s. One, Alright, so that one's the A that we rated a B by accident. Alright. That's it. That's the new mini set. Like, look, it's it's a bunch of powerful cards. It's a bunch of not powerful cards, and it doesn't really change the meta in any like super big way. Um, but you get a couple more toys to play with. In this meta, all this is kind of lost in the shuffle. Not because the cards aren't good enough, but because there are so many cards. Uh, we are in a standard meta now where there is two full sets in, right? Two full rotations in. So that is six big sets and six small sets. We normally uh, have four big sets. 
and four small sets. So it's quite a large increase in the number of cards in the pool. Um, and that kind of dilutes everything, including the new cards. That's one more thing about why this meta feels fresh, I think, is that they're just adding more cards into the, set, uh, into the meta. And I have always, always been a proponent of having six main sets in. And they have always done four main sets. And I don't know, I just, why? Why, why do that? Like at first, it was because they didn't have enough sets to do wild rotations and keep it fresh if they had to use all their old sets. But we're way past that. We've had so many like sets that if you're going to do like wild rotation, you should do six as well. Um, obviously, I prefer to keep it standard, um, you know, whether it's four or six. But I think this is a good showcase for how adding more cards into the mix is not a bad thing. Like, we're not at the point where you're putting like 10 sets in, right? And then it's like, oh, it doesn't matter what we do. We can't predict what anyone's going to play. Um, before is it has way too many repeats. All right, Murps. Any comments on any of this? That was that was great, or awesome. not great. I don't know. I, I mean, you know, it's 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 one or the other, you know. Uh, but that was something. Good job. You you, you did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Mm-hmm. We did it. All right. I think that's it. I don't have anything else. Oh, oh, we, we should mention the one thing um, that's actually, you know, probably big news for, for some people, but which we don't care about. And uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a joke right now, but uh, um, let's, let's get into it. Um, you can talk about it, uh, but the big announcement is that Arena leaderboards are now live, live updated. They're just part of the main leaderboards page, like Battlegrounds, like Standard, like Wild, like like mercenaries. I did not know mercenaries had a leaderboard. This is really dumb. Okay, look, I have shared my thoughts about this on Discord. I've shared it with some individuals as well. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Like, you know, you ask for the arena leaderboards for a lot, sorry, live leaderboards for, mm -hmm. for many years. And they've scored it the same way for many years, as in your best 30 consecutive runs, right? Yep. But now that it is live, they are doing what's called a modified average. What this means is that every single run on your account counts towards your average, with the latest 30 counting for more. And the more runs that you go away from your earlier runs, the less they count, but they still do count. And oh, that is your... mathematically inclined, there is a 1 divided by 30 decay after you hit 30 runs. So the first 30 runs is one block, and then for each additional run that comes in, the uh, first one gets decayed 1 30th. I mean, everything gets decayed 1 30th, right? And then another one comes, everything gets decayed 1 30th again. It's a, yes. So it'll always matter. It's not subtracting 1 30th. It's, you know, multiplied by 29 divided by 30. So look, if you look at the arena leaderboards right now, because it hasn't been out for a while, it's a lot of people with just retired runs. Uh, so the vast majority of those people will be people with at least some retires and some legit runs. Um, and yes, I already see people in chat. What this does is <laughs> it ruins a cat. Like, okay, if, if you don't care about this, okay, that's fine, right? But if you're doing a leaderboard 
you need to tailor it towards the people who really care about it because those are the people going for it, right? Mm-hmm. So look, I, look, I, I am, I'm not going to say I'm a champion of the people, but you guys heard me earlier. I'm like, look, Discover's fun for people. I totally understand why they do that. I think it's a, you know, it, it's a very understandable choice for them to protect Discover, right? People people think it's uh, it's fun. This, if you're doing a live leaderboard these are, you know, like these are grinders. These are people who obviously care a lot, a lot about the average. Here's what it does. It dissuades people from number one, playing after 30 runs if they ran hot, which AKA is every single freaking high placement on any leaderboard ever. Okay, when I was number one, I'm gonna tell you guys a little secret, okay? I got a little bit lucky. When Dreads got his 9.4 in, uh, that he'll take to his deathbed, he might not admit it as much. He got really, really lucky, okay? Everybody who was number one got pretty lucky. Uh, you, you know, th- th- if I didn't get number one, I was probably going to get, like, top 15 or top 20, you know, with, like, average luck. Um, if Dreads didn't get number one, he, he might get, like, top 100. I don't know. But, like... That's the thing. Um, It requires some luck. So after you get 30, you need to stop. Like if you care Mm. about it at all, right? Mm. And on the flip side, if you start off and your runs are bad, abandon. Just abandon. Start a new account. Start a new account. uh, You get three kiddie pool uh, runs anyway. So there's you're, already an advantage to starting a new account. Yes. No, your, 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 your account is ruined. I'm going to give you guys this example because uh, this is the math. And I'm not using extreme examples. Here, here it is. Somebody who is going to play 60 runs total. That's a decent amount, right? That's a decent amount. Like, uh, and I understand seasons can be long. Um, but 60 runs. A person who gets for the first 30 runs, a six win average, and then goes eight win average for the second set of 30 runs. So first 30 runs, six win average, second 30 runs, eight win average. They end up with 7.23. Another person who gets first 30 runs with eight win average, second 30 runs with six win average will end up with 6.77. This show is sort of importantly. Yeah, the second person would have just stopped playing and created a new account yes. after getting three eight, eight, eight win average and just sat there. The the second example is an example of somebody if they care at all, right? If you don't care at all, okay, fine, whatever. If you care about this, the second person was dumb. Yes. You tanked your average. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is assuming that you. And here's the thing: because the second person, they end thirty runs with a win average. They either think that that was a high roll, as in like, you know, that's probably not my true average. My true average is like seven, maybe seven and a half. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, uh, if you think your like average overall through like 100 runs is going to be higher than eight, I don't know what to tell you. Um, that's meta, pretty tough. In this meta especially. Higher yeah. than six probably. Yeah. There's going to be like 10 people on each server with an average higher than six in this meta. So... That is, uh, so the second person was just dumb to keep playing. Um, and the first person, you know, assuming that, like, let's just say they got, like, 
30 runs, all six wins, right? Like six, 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 six. Uh, they just, they, they couldn't do better. They couldn't do worse, but they knew that they had it in them to do, uh, to, to, you know, average eight through 30 runs. They were dumb to stick out those six win runs at the very beginning. Like yeah. they, they just were, um, and that is the problem with this. Now, here's the thing. It, it won't matter for a lot of people. Um, and for some people, I don't know. They might be like, well, I just want to kind of play on this one account. This is where I am just sort of like the, the incentives and, you know, who is it for, right? Because the leaderboards yeah, should that's be. That's the big question. Yeah. Because if it's for the super competitive, this makes no sense. If it's for the casual people, the super competitive people are going to ruin it for the semi-casual people. Because if I, I'm only going to play on one account, I'm not going to gain the system at all. I also don't get to 30 runs even in the course of like a season, I think. But if I do, I'm also not only playing the best classes. So I know I'm not even putting my best foot forward, much less that, you know, whatever, right? But my rank has nothing to do with where I would actually be ranked. Because anyone who's trying for it has already made like three different accounts that are like trying this and trying to get to the top. And they will stop after a good 30 streak. Right? And they will abandon it and do a different account if they like get onto a bad streak. Because why wouldn't you? You have no penalties for it. So at the end of the day, you're going to have a bunch of people who have very high wins at the top. And those are going to be the people who cared enough to circumvent the system, which is not that hard to do. And that's it. Yeah. And, and so, so the it, top doesn't matter. And the bottom, the, the, the middle doesn't matter. And here's like, what it's going to do, because uh, I, I see people in chat right now. Uh, so, uh, like, Ivanovich and uh, some other people who may have been very high on the leaderboards say that they're just not going to do it. Because yes. you you can't do it unless you do it in this specific way, yes. right? Yes. You have to circumvent the system in order to make it high on the leaderboards. Because they've set it up so that part of, so that the part of the game, essentially, is how committed are you to making new accounts and doing stuff. It's like, like I, I read this in like Diablo Immortal uh, subreddit. I'm going to tie this in. Uh, and people are like, how far can you get as a free-to-play player? And some guy will always come in and be like, I have 2K res. I am a free-to-play player. You can do it too. And then someone will be like, so how many alt accounts do you have that platforms for your main account? Because you get capped uh, after a certain point. And the guy will be like, 15. And you're like, okay, so that is technically free to play. The guy spent did not spend a dime, and technically the question is for free to play. But what the question really meant is clearly, if I just created an account and played the game, how far would I be able to get at this point, power level wise, compared to the people who pay money for this game, right? So it's the same thing for here, right? It's like, what what can you do? Well, you have to create a bunch of accounts and try it a bunch of times. That's how you get the high score. And people just aren't going to do it. Like, free-to-play players who want to be more powerful are not going to make 15 accounts. Very few of them are. And those are going to be the people with the highest, like, power among the free-to-play players in Diablo Immortal. That's how the system is. Because the system was designed to be circumvented. And they don't enforce it. It's not even against terms of service, I think. Um, It's just kind of what it is. So if you want to do that, you can. In this leaderboard, if you want to make new accounts and then get the highest score, you can. For everybody else who just wants to freaking play Arena, they're not competitive. Even if they're better players. Even if they're better players and competitive, 
they just don't want to like spend so much time and effort like circumventing the system. It's such a shame when the way that you would normally play to just try to do well is not the way it doesn't line up with yeah. with uh the scoring system here, right? You never want that disconnect here like you just never want that disconnect it's as though like for overwatch for you to get the highest mmr not only do you have to like do objectives and get kills it's it's like while you are in there you have to i always use like the ddr example but like for example you know like you're also playing like ddr right uh, so it's like okay, while you, while you are doing that, you also have to do something else, and then uh, that combined, you you will be able to like get the highest. And it MMR. feels bad too, because the other part isn't even like a Blizzard sanctioned thing. It's like yeah. a Blizzard will prefer you not do this, but they're not going to punish you if you do, kind of thing. Yep. Like so, it feels really bad. Like if you're like an honorable player, you would not do that, but you would also then just not win a hundred percent. You would not win. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, they set up the system. And it's not like a, oh, oh, we figured out something that the developers didn't figure out. The developers knew. That's why it was the highest 30 runs. Highest 30 consecutive runs. That's why it was the highest 30 consecutive runs in the first place. That's why it stayed that way for the longest time. They knew. Nobody has to tell them this. They knew. They were just like, that's not important. This loophole that will be abused by anyone who is actually competitive and wants to be on the leaderboard... Uh, it's just kind of okay. And there's such easy ways to fix it. I can't imagine that it stays this way for too long. Maybe for, like, a couple seasons. But, like, they just have to implement, like, a decay. Or, like, an inflation or something. Like, every other leaderboard has. Um, and then, like, you will, you will be able to force people to keep playing to keep up their average. Like, if every day you lose zero point... Like, if every day among your you know current whatever right you lose 0.1 or uh, points or if for every day that you don't play an arena run or for every three days that you don't play an arena run right like you lose a little bit and then you can catch up by playing more arena runs in quicker succession but you basically force people to keep playing to keep their average or else they may spike up the leaderboard because they gamed it but then they're going to drop off pretty quickly if they don't keep playing so you're like mitigating the advantage. That is the super common, everyone does it for leaderboard setups. Like if you were a game designer designing a leaderboard, that is something that you would have definitely thought about, definitely discussed with people, and definitely said yes, or in this case, no. Or I hope in this case, something got too complicated and they couldn't do it in a timely manner and so they'll do it later. I hope. Because it's too obvious. It's too obvious of a solution. And these are these are real game developers who do this for a living. And they discuss things with other game developers who, who do this for a living. And they know the problem because they already had a, another system that solved the problem. And they wanted to... I can see why they switched to a system where it's not top 30 uh, consecutive runs, right? Because then the leaderboard doesn't move, right? And that kind of defeats the purpose of a leaderboard if it never moves. So they wanted a dynamic leaderboard. But the way you get a dynamic leaderboard is with decay... Of some sort or inflation. Some same principle. Just one thing so, most positive. Look. Um all that being said, because it's been like an hour and a half, uh 
this is very encouraging overall because look there is such a thing as a live leaderboard and it's not set in stone just yet it, it, it's not as the as if they said this is the final iteration there will be no changes yeah, there will be no more updates ever um <laughs> we got some pretty quick arena changes right like mm-hmm. uh yep. pretty fast arena changes uh, okay. You were happy because it. It, it seemed like they were listening to you. Imagine that a little bit. I, I'm not I, saying I they actually that did, it, but... They just looked down the same list I looked at, right? The win rate list. And they were like, these cards are ridiculous. Yeah, and don't you guys want Adulta designing and modifying your game mode? Oh, God. I mean, just, just the, the shining example of fun, right? But... You guys what... say that? But then this actual development team with the wild metas and the last few metas have created like the most unfun way for arena. Now I didn't mind it as much, but like it was really like my definition of fun, right? It was like low power level. Yetis were pretty good. Like <laughs> this is what they're doing. I'm not doing that. They didn't have to do that. I was the one pushing for a standard. So you know, like I don't know if I were to design a meta, it would be better balance wise i think than what they've been putting out and also probably more fun wise than what they've been putting out with the you know not not as quote-unquote fun as this current meta right now but for the last few metas they've really taken a hammer to like the timmies and uh and focused on uh on balance well not even balance i don't know what they were focused on synergy anyways those are my thoughts on the arena leaderboard disappointed that it's this current modified average encouraged that there is such a thing uh they are certainly seeming to be ramping up their uh, work on the arena which is cool that's great you know um they seem to be very responsive right now after the holiday break is over right so they are ramping back up that's very good all of this is very encouraging to see and i would like to end it there because I don't want it to be an hour and a half of ranting against everything that they're doing. Once again, Adukta is uh, the, the the principal Skinner meme of like, oh, am, am I like out of touch? No, it's the arena players that don't know what fun is. Um, standard meta right now is, I think, quite fun for uh, a decent amount of people. Um, and if you are a somebody who is trying to get very high on the leaderboard uh or if you just want a consistent win rate uh through a smaller ish sample size uh this is not the way to go this is not the way to go you can easily go like two you know two wins into three wins into like five wins uh in back-to-back-to-back runs um while still feeling pretty good about your your drafts like you could feel pretty good about all three of those drafts but that could definitely happen this is definitely the uh, the metaphor so i think that's what like j- just needs to be said um let's end it on, on a little bit of positive note and say the changes while i think we still have a ways to go there are uh, changes are very welcome the leaderboard is very mm-hmm. welcome yeah but please no more of this modified average yeah, yeah, no, no, no more, no more effective boost to to Scorpion's offering rate. Um, the uh, the the big the big patch is coming at some point. They always put it out. Um, it's usually two weeks. Uh, what this team does, so probably not next week, but the week after, I would expect another patch to address the class uh, class win rates. Um, 
if they're following their old schedule. Um, so yeah, so we're we're waiting for that. Uh, we will be uh, we will not be here on Sunday, the next Sunday, because I have a business trip uh, that that I can't rearrange. Um, but we will pre-record the Life Forge. We'll actually do a live on it's Friday live. stream. It's live. On it's going to be just like this. Friday. It's just that we're going to do it on Friday to kick off the stream. And then I'll do an arena run afterwards by myself. Um, like normal Friday nights. Um, so just giving you guys a heads up. And if you're watching this on YouTube uh, or listening to it, I don't know if it's going to be up on YouTube over the weekend or, or not. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll put it up uh, on, on the, the podcast services sometime over the weekend. Um, and, uh, and we'll, we'll dig deeper into this current meta and we'll, we'll dig, uh, you know, maybe by then we'll have more people on the leaderboards right now, by the way, this is Sunday night at 8 41 PM Eastern time. The America's leaderboard, the highest person is CN cutie wet cat with 6.3 average. And I would like to say that in this meta 6.3 average is actually good. This is not someone who's retiring decks, or this is someone who is really good and very lucky if they were retiring decks also. Um, you then have Lucky Pants at 5.94, and then CNQDRAN at 5.69. And there's a whole bunch more CNQD people afterwards. I don't know if they're all the same people. I don't know if it's uh, just uh, Wait, a Chinese if clan. it's the same person, then they would have played like 200 runs yes. at this point. Yes, there's more of them. They're going down. They're, they're dominating the leaderboard right now. I don't know how I, many. Isn't that like accounts. a clan? I, I thought it, that was. I, mean, I think it's a clan. I think it's a, a China-based clan. Um, so imagine having a clan based on Hearthstone Arena. Oh my god. Yeah. So the CN yeah. stands for China. So it's a. It's. Yes. We're guessing it's a Chinese clan. If it's not a Chinese clan, it's one person. Well, oh they're god, they're Chinese person. players. Like they've been on the leaderboards a decent amount, right? Okay. Like, I do not remember reading out their names for like. You know those those like monthly leaderboards. Was it CN Cutie? Not CN Cute, but like C. You know, CN something. But CN generally just like you know Chinese people do it. This is CN Cutie. This is like specific. You know, yes. It's not like a whole bunch of other CNs. There is no other CNs. All CNs are CN Cutie. Um, And and very true, guys. There's always (laughs) been cuties in the arena. Okay, Tihi. Uh, uh, there's always been cuties. Okay. okay, so so right now your top average is 6.3. And I think that's really good in this meta. That's not like... Yeah, I know we keep talking good. like 7, 8. That, those weren't metas like this one. This meta does not have a super dominant class. It does not have uh, any stability whatsoever. It like... It's it, like 6.3 over 30 runs is, is impressive. Um, and if you look at Asia Pacific, um, you have 6.09 as your highest and 6.03 is the one after that by another cn person but not a cn cutie cn nightlight and uh number one is at two actual chinese characters that i i can't read um okay and in europe you have loose or l-u-s-s-e i don't know that person but they have a legit seven average right now after 30 runs that is by far the top. And then you have uh, Indy Gurkha at 6.32 and Dookie the Best at 6. And then uh, Daypa and Dragon Blue at 5.99 and 5.94. So pretty much all, all in that range. But that 7 is the outlier so far, like, of, of really high. If you had asked me if someone could do 30 runs at 7, I would be like, yes. But I don't think anyone can even keep up 30 runs at 7. 
With like, the meta right now, I don't. I would not. Like, if I cared about that, right? And you're number one, so maybe maybe you do. Um, I wouldn't really touch it for yeah. now. Um, like, if you see this loose like number go up and down, and continue to go up and down around seven, that is an absurd level of skill in this meta. Like, maybe. I'm not saying this is like literally impossible, but that is super high. Um, I really expect the the leaderboard by the end of the by the end of the you know whatever for all people who are actually actively playing, not just doing thirty and you know playing on the different account. Uh, I imagine all those people, the moving numbers to to settle below seven. All right, that's. Um, also, this is a good way to look at traffic. People are like, people always look at, uh, talk about like, oh, you know, Europe versus America. Right now, of people who have played 30 runs or retire 30 runs, Europe has 231 accounts. America has 412 accounts. And Asia has 383 accounts. So Europe is the, by far, most casuals. Or I should, or conversely, the least uh, of the super blaster tryhards um, out of the two out of the three servers. I'm surprised Asia has uh, has so many actually. But, All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, that's it from us. Uh, we'll see you on uh, on Friday. Until then, this is Abuka. This is Murps. See you guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.